Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to the Sport of Podcast. The number one podcast amongst men who've been kicked out of family court for reading the Constitution. I am Rand Ball <laughs> Stew. Um, joining me tonight um, is uh, Brandon Broxy. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Stu. Happy 311 Day. This is also episode number 311. Amber this is the color of my energy thing. and my urine. So that's a. Uh, Goddamn right that's, it is. Yeah, that's not good. It is not a good situation. Also um, on our conference call is John Marthaler. John, how's it going, buddy? I'm I'm slightly disappointed I wasn't doing the introductions because I was get, going to introduce you, Stu, as regional Twitter personality and vaccine re- recipient, Steve. Steve oh, Newman. man. That's right. It's, uh, God, the, I know this was not on our uh, list of shit to talk about, but man, just the mental uh, oh. hurdle uh, of that, going over that is just, mm-hmm. man, it's... I hope I, I I don't think either of you has uh, had your first jab as I like to call it yet. Have you? No. Yeah. Uh, jab no. Free. I'm currently I'm currently scheduled for about six weeks after everybody <laughs> in America. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I it's it's great. I just yeah the just, again the, just the mental state I am in right now is just I can't say enough about it. Everybody, please get a shot. Just did you cry? Yeah. I didn't. Mandy did. Um, I feel like I, I feel like I might. Yeah, it's it, it really is. It's and again, there's um the side effect so far has been a mildly sore arm, and like my back was a little sore this morning. But I've been working from my couch for a full fucking year, so I think that's probably has more to do with my, the small of my back being a little achy than a vaccine. That does happen. The vaccine side effects are indistinguishable <laughs> from being a middle aged man. From being a middle aged man working from a comfortable couch for a year. That's uh now you're gonna feel fifty for a couple <laughs> days here and then it will even out. Uh then you're gonna like think maybe I should finally buy a boat. Should I get a boat? Yeah, I should get a boat. <laughs> so boat time. You maritime fucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, it's it's a good feeling, and I hope everyone else gets that feeling soon. And we get ready for what will probably be the horniest summer of our lifetime. Vax summer. Jesus Hot vax summer. God, it's, it's coming. just going to be... Just stay out of like all of the Zorbas if you just... Val- oh, my God. Just, it's going to just be... It, this would be sex everywhere. Just stay away. Don't... don't so unless, much hunting. Unless, of course, that you've been cooped up for a year and that's your thing. Hey, go with God and just, you know, 
just be safe out there, guys. So yeah. Um, um, go, and on, well, on yeah, that moving note, away from horniness, uh, John, let's talk about baseball. <laughs> well, are we sure we want not to I'm, entirely? Yeah, I'm pretty horny for the I, Twins. I don't think we need to go that far away. <laughs> Given, did you see Alex Kirilov hitting a 4,000-foot home run to center field? I heard tell of it, but I did not see it. Yeah. I mean, it was a home run to center, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't get carried away except Alex Kirilov. Mm -hmm. I know this is the thing about spring training for me. I know everybody says, and absolutely everyone involved, absolutely everyone who's covering it, absolutely everyone who's talking about it says the same thing, which is, this means nothing. It means absolutely nothing who looks good in the spring, who doesn't look good in the spring. The only caveat is if a pitcher shows up and is suddenly unable to throw the ball more than 72 miles an hour or a hitter shows up and turns out to only have one leg after the offseason, something like that. That's uh, the only thing that anyone tells you you can take away from spring training because it's a small sample size and it's the start of the season and it all doesn't matter. And I hear this every year and every year I completely mentally disregard it and get super excited about spring training. And right now, Alex Kirilov hitting a, I mean, it was a 420 foot Homer, but in my mind, it was a 700 foot shot to center field, clearing the fence and landing in the Red Sox ballpark. And now, with, uh, John, with my vaccination, I, I get to go watch him do that at St. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't want to I don't want to yuck your yum here, John. It was very fun, but it was just a regular homer, right? Are we? Why are we? <laughs> no, it was it was an extremely regular home run. It was just, it was a fly ball to center field that was long enough to go over the fence. The but, uh, reaction to it was the hot vac summer kind of getting in all of our brains already. Because at yeah. least the way I saw it on Twitter, and it's probably how most of us see it, is you see a bunch of context-free reactions of people just going like, holy shit, which is great. It's very exciting because uh, you knew something good happened with the Twins, and then it was it was just a regular home run. But it was it was great. But I was expecting, as you said, John, 5,000-foot home run. Right. It's it's the very much the equivalent of every year – Specifically with Francisco Liriano, but it's applicable to a lot of people. He would go to the winter leagues, and you would hear reports from there that would say, Francisco Liriano has learned 11 new sliders and is throwing 123 miles an hour. He's throwing the ball so fast that it's exploding on the way to the plate, and they don't know what to do in the winter leagues. And then he would get to spring training and be totally normal. Um, we're in that we're in so, that phase right now, which is a fun phase. Yep. I'm not trying to. It's a very fun phase, and that dude does look legit. And Josh Donaldson's healthy. Lots of good stuff going on. <laughs> I I worry a little bit about Josh Donaldson's health because as a middle aged man, I know how quickly that can go south. Oh and yeah, he could be dead before we <laughs> press upload. The the thing that particularly worries me about Donaldson is that. He's had a history of these calf problems and these muscle problems in the lower extremity. And the solution that he was talking up earlier this year was that he's changing how he's running. Hmm. And if he was if he was 16, I would feel somewhat confident in his ability to do this. But again, he's middle-aged and I know what it's like to be a middle-aged man and it just seems utterly impossible that he 
changed his running style. He's been running professionally for 20 years already. Right. Yeah, that's not going to work. I don't think that's the answer. So I, I, as a strategy to combat lower extremity injuries, I, I, I have to think that more days off or some other change would be better than learning how to run again. Uh-oh, pup sounds. Yeah, sorry about that. No. She's, she I mean, also understands. Sophie's worried yeah, about Josh Donaldson. Like she's said, a, leopard can't change its stripes or dots. She's our right. She's our fourth member. Yeah, I think they're going to take her out to pee here. Just a little, little behind the All podcast right. for everybody here. We'll yeah, edit this right. out. We'll that's edit right. this out in post. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Ugh. We, we do stuff like that all the time. You know, by episode 312, we'll, re- we'll know what that means. <laughs> mm-hmm. We just love to say it. There's an edit button somewhere. I've, I keep looking for it. It's not control E. I'll tell you that right now. No, no. I've tried it's that there. before and it doesn't work. It's one of those F somethings. It's probably an F9. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm f- I, think, I think the other big twins news from camp today was that Byron Buxton broke a tooth on a stake. Uh, so you can't make it up. I just that can't is... not get hurt. I mean, you can argue that if you're having a stake Trump style, you deserve to have a tooth, a tooth break on you. <laughs> yeah. But still, it's just like that poor dude has just been cursed. He's basically Job. He's just a super fast Job. <laughs> it sucks. I just feel bad for the guy. Georgia Joe. Yeah, I just feel bad for the guy at this point. He's clearly cursed to be a walking encyclopedia of medical injury and phenomenon. And Has anybody asked any follow-ups if... about the stake? It's pretty It's pretty odd. Yeah, it would be the first thing I would ask. is like, well, what did you hit? Like, Was it a T-bone or you like bit down too hard on the bone? or Hit a bone. I mean, I do. I've had a T-bone, and I've gotten into that phase of like it tastes really good around the bone, so you pick it up and you... Non a tiny bit, sure, but I've never been so aggressive that I broke a tooth doing it. So, and you know, he's younger. Typically, you start with a little more well cooked steak, and you move on as you progress and evolve throughout the years. But still, that's that's really no excuse, Byron. I I would love to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, this is a definite. It feels like it's got a sportive investigates vibe. If we were to have it, does. If we were were to have an I team, Um, and honestly, fly down there immediately. You would think once just, Chicken Fingers gets all those kids out of the house, it really feels like something he would be really good at. Get into the bottom of this story. He's just oh asking God, questions. Yeah, all he does is ask questions. Just asking questions. Yeah, and angry the questions. Sport is in, the sport of investigates. It, it's no talking, no over, no voiceovers. It's just seventeen minutes of B roll of chicken eating a steak, followed by <laughs> a short summary. That's it. Yeah. Yep, that's sportive investigation. That's the that's the S team for you right there. <laughs> that's right. Somehow the conclusion the is the case. it's a Wisconsin spy at the end of every investigation. <laughs> that's right. Yep. The stake was invented by Tom Sagasor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so i I don't i I don't really have any other twins news from camp because, as nope. I mentioned, it. Supposedly doesn't matter, but it it's feeling exciting. Well, John, I I can't help but have noticed a few minutes ago when you uh, said something about every once in a while a pitcher will show up and unable to throw 70 miles an hour. 
I can't help but take that as a shot at my guy, Andy Albers. So I, I heard you say it. <laughs> I know what you're trying to get at, and I don't appreciate it. My guy's still is in he, camp, I believe. Is he in camp? Is he still in camp now? Yeah, I think so. He was one of those guys that had visa issues, which, I mean, finding a embassy in Canada is impossible. So Sure. Story is yep. old as time. I can't believe it, but yes, he's still alive, still kicking. That's the yeah, only other news I have for spring training is just wanted to remind everybody that he exists and he's my guy. What I what I do want to talk to you guys about is some rule changes that Major League Baseball is introducing this year in the minor leagues. And it's I, I feel like it's a little strange because there have always been different things that the major that have been tried in the minor leagues before, but now Major League Baseball owns the minor leagues in a way that they didn't quite before, and so they can just do whatever they want. Yeah, which is uh, which is a little strange because I don't know it. Theoretically, they're supposed to be preparing players, but also we're going to try nobody gets a bat for the fifth inning and just see what happens. That kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. But I, I want I want to say though, John. We talked about this. I remember one of, I don't know if it was one of our first podcasts, but a million years ago, how much we wanted leagues to experiment right. more with minor leagues. Just it makes zero sense why they wouldn't try uh, some sort of minor league, even just football. Just try to see if no kicking and what happens if you're not allowed to kick. Let's right. just see it play out in real life. It seems so worth the investment for every single one of these professional leagues to try some tweaks. So. Yeah. It's very cool that they're doing this. It's also very funny and ridiculous. So I think it's we should be able to to believe both those things. Right. So I'm going to go through some of these rule changes, and I want to hear your gut reactions. I don't know if you've seen them or not, but I just want your off-the-cuff, top-of-your-head gut reactions to these rule changes that they're going to try in the minor leagues. Okay. Are you ready? Do you want us to go every other gut reaction? Yeah, let's go every... Let's go every other. I want. I'm. I'm going to start with Brandon. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Gut. All right. Gut only. Rule number one. This is being employed in every Double A baseball league this year. My eyes are squeezed shut, ready to give you a take. Four. All four infielders have to have both feet on the infield dirt as the pitch is being delivered. Stupid. I don't like that one. Why don't you like that one? I don't like it because there is no strategy. There's hardly any strategy in baseball already. There just isn't. It's it's. We all know exactly right. what we're trying to do. This guy's trying to get on base. This guy's trying to not, not let him get on base. You're, there's not a whole lot of this team does this thing one way and does this thing another way. Let's try to throw to this base for whatever reason. And strategy makes a lot of sports more fun to watch. It's little extra added element. I've talked about how much I liked learning that in basketball, which is why I fell in love with basketball. So the only real strategy in baseball is some of these uh, infield shifts, the tweaks and whatnot. So I think if you take that away, I understand the concept of it. And there is illegal defense in other, of course, in football, there's a million different penalties for that and illegal offense and all these other things as well. I get the concept behind having some limitations, but I still think the added benefit of having a little bit more strategy in baseball makes it kind of fun and a little bit interesting and a little bit different. And all of my thoughts are, is this rule going to put the ball in play more often? And I don't think that it will. Well, I think it probably will put the ball in play more often because 
the point of the rule is taking fielders away from a place that people want to hit the ball, right? Yeah, but they don't have any control over where they hit the ball. It's not like I'm going to choose to pull this one. They're just trying to hit the ball. It's it's too hard to begin with. Now, it typically goes to certain places, but it's not like Joe Maurer goes up and goes, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go between third and short here. You know, it's just it's well, too hard. Am I, am, I mean, I'm probably being stupid here, but isn't he kind of doing that? He's trying to keep his head down, and he's trying to let the ball in, get into the hitting zone, and that naturally means that he's mostly going to hit the ball between either second base and third base in the air or between first base and second base on the ground just because of his approach. He's reacting and, more to where the pitch is thrown in the... You know, if it's an inside corner pitch, he's not going opposite way with that. That would be insane. He's going to pull that one. So it's really where the ball ends up going. I don't know. I mean, you could maybe make a tiny bit of an argument of if there's less of an infield shift, they may swing at a pitch that they otherwise wouldn't have. It's really on the margins, though. For the most part, hitters are saying, these fielders are too good. If I don't get a really good swing on the ball, I'd rather strike out. And that's what they say, and they're blatant about it, and I think they're right about it. So I don't think you're changing anything uh, uh, mentally with hitters. They're just like, I'm trying to hit a home run. That's all I'm trying to do. Anything else is kind of a waste of my time. And so I think this will, again, tiny bit on the margins possibly. That's a little bit in the pro column, but the con column is, again, you have no strategy again, really, and the game just looks the exact same for every team, every pitch, at all times. So I think there are better ideas that are more fun than this one. I would let this go. I still, I mean, I'm against any rules banning shifts just because it seems utterly stupid to me <laughs> to have. <laughs> it, it just seems crazy to me that... As a hitter, I come up to the plate, and the fielders are where they are, and my response to that is not, how can I try to change my approach to get on base, but instead to say, ah, we need to roll. Those guys are standing where I want to hit the ball. Yeah, That guy right there, you see him standing right there? That's where I wanted to hit the ball. It's anti-competitive. We need to rule about this because yeah, you're right. I want to hit it right there, and he's standing there, and that doesn't seem fair to me. No, I mean, Meanwhile, there's there's nine there's, there's nine fielders. There's mm-hmm. obviously a battery. There's seven other guys. Put your seven guys wherever the fuck they sh- need to be to get the guy out. That's like the the game, right. the way it should be played. So yeah, trying to restrict it otherwise is is very bad to me. Yeah, that seems silly to me. I the the everybody has to be standing in the infield thing is sort of whatever. But I also feel like somewhere in Double A this year. They're going to show up for a game, and the infield dirt is going to extend 250 feet from home plate. <laughs> the all dirt, yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to really enjoy that. Well, is it not going to turn into? I don't know if they even still do this, but they used to, like with volleyball, where you have to rotate, but then they just would all kind of cluster in the middle, <laughs> and right when the serve would happen, they'd all go to where they actually wanted to go. It's like, well, then why are we even? All you're doing is creating a tiny bit of confusion at the very beginning. One guy is just going to have right. one toe, and then right when the guy gets into his windup or whatever, he's just going to like sp- sprint back 30 feet or whatever it is. So, it, again, it's just such a margin play. Not for me, man. That actually, that actually could be hilarious to watch. 
a guy with his back turned to the plate standing where the second baseman would stand. And as soon as somebody yells when the pitch is delivered, yep. he's turning and sprinting towards the outfield <laughs> to try to get into position. Yeah. Guy trips. It's just it's gonna be funny. Yeah. But ridiculous. It's truly it it truly could lead to some stupid stuff, and I'm here for it. All right. Stu. Yes. Next rule change. Next potential rule change. Well, I I say potential rule change, but it's happening. This is happening in all triple A leagues this season so in st paul sweet you will be able to go and see this now wait for it because this is a major game changer and i need you to stick with me because you're going to be so shocked by it the rule is instead of the bases being 15 inches by 15 inches they'll be 18 inches by 18 inches i mean wow that's a huge base is your mind blown still i mean does that mean um, on the odd days when Byron Buxton is healthy, he has to wear a different size oven mitt to slide into second <laughs> base? I guess. Was there a purpose given I mean, for this? Was there a reasoning behind this? Well, it means there's four and a half inches fewer between the bases. Mm-hmm. So that's... Mm-hmm. Math checks out. Big deal. I guess. I mean, there's many cl- there's many um, close plays, and that's mm-hmm. uh, advantage offense. Advantage, yeah. I mean, it, we've seen enough close plays yeah. where the timing is just like you know, it's a bang bang play, and he's up by you know a second. This adds a second Honestly, in the runner's favor. <laughs> when they first, when I first read the headline of this rule, what I immediately pictured was like the softball first base where. It's the width of two bases, and so nobody runs into the guy playing first base mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing like that. It's imperceptibly larger bases. I, I mean, I'm sure when you see them, they'll actually look different. But I just I can't see I can't see this making much of a difference. Nor can I see fans getting excited. <laughs> and how I would that's it. Honey, be so honey, weird. Bring the kids. Bring the kids. We got to get to a baseball game this year. First base is four and a half inches closer to second base. Four and a half. There will be two more stolen bases this season than there would have been otherwise. It's like, you know, they're, it's they're making like second base out to be like uh, you know if you ever gone to an outdoor concert and somebody puts their blanket down, even though it's like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be standing. But nope, we're gonna sit here. You. You you run along, Polanco. Ween is up next. We got we got our spot. You got to move. So yeah, that's a weird. That's weird. But I guess you know if it's 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 to the offense's advantage, even if it's a microscopic amount, and I'm fine with that. I don't think anybody's going to be upset about it, but I don't know if anyone's going to notice it too much. Is it possible that uh, another way it helps the offense is it's a little bit easier to get around tags? I mean, a tiny bit. Yes, in a the tiny bit in easier. the sense that <laughs> in the sense that you now have look down at your finger uh-huh. and the distance between your knuckle and the tip of your finger. That's, that's how much more room you've got. Yeah. Yep. Does not seem worth the juice. Does not seem worth the squeeze on this one. Yeah. All right, next one. And this is going to Brandon, and I deliberately lined it up this way because Brandon, as we all know, 
is a red-ass left-handed pitcher. Oh, it's take time. Here, Buckle up. <laughs> here is the, this rule. This is being these rule changes are being made in a single A ball. Number one, all of the crafty lefty pickoff moves are now illegal. Fuck that. You can't do the. No. You can't do the thing where Shut you up. where you lift your knee straight up, no. and then you go to first base. That's art. All of a sudden, you can't deny art. You can't do the thing where you quick step off and fire one sidearm. This is so stupid. That's half the reason people watch baseball is to watch the cool left-handed pickoff moves. No yeah. way. Every, everybody loves watching Andy Pettit throw to first base four hundred times. Oh my which, god! That's the second part of the rule change. You can't do that either. You get to throw over. You, you get two free throws to first, and the third time you throw over, either the guy's out or it's a balk. It's just the stupidest idea because how often does someone throw over to first base more than two times? How many times do you see it? Once a year? Who gives a shit? It's, it's, it's not going to help anything. It's one of those things, in, in the imagination, this happens all the time. People talk about, oh, there's too many throws to first base and everybody's throwing over to first base. But in reality, it happens once every three games where somebody throws over to first more than twice. It never and happens. It was this, I mean, it's... It was the same thing with mound visits when they limited the mound visits to six mound visits per game. Everyone was like, oh, and it was on the scoreboard like it was basketball timeouts for a while. And then everyone realized that no one ever... Gets close to six mound visits. Yeah, that was not a thing. That was not the problem. We keep dancing around this uh, this idea. <laughs> that's not going to solve any problems. It's not going to make the game go faster. It's not going to result in more stolen bases. It's not going to result in fewer pickoff throws. Stupid. I mean, do it. And you. This could have been implemented in the major league six years ago. For all we know, mm-hmm. that could be like a typo. And they go, "Oh, whoops! No, we already did that one." No one would ever know. So do it. I don't care. It's not solving any problems for anybody. I guess if they throw over twice, then that 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 runner knows, like, cool, it's it's time now I can still steal a base. Sure. I guess that could happen once once every six weeks. Uh so this one goes filed under filed under I don't give a shit. Am I Okay. That's a take. I, I'm getting the sense. That all of these are getting filed in that same file. <laughs> I know. I, they all are, like, bold and also, at the same time, pointless, right? I well, mean, they're, they're, that's, an inter- that's a bold move. I also don't know the what the thing. point is. Here's the other thing about the, this rule change thing. So any rule change has to be approved by the players' union. Major League Baseball can't just make the rule change. They have to get the players' union to buy in. So something that makes obvious intuitive sense like pitch clocks has been in the minor leagues for like 49 years at this mm-hmm. point. Yep. And it hasn't made its way to the major leagues yet except for I I feel like they introduced a between innings clock that nobody ever actually looks at and like a pitching change clock the same way where for some reason it turns off with 10 on the clock and then the game starts again 75 seconds later cuz everybody's forgot to pay attention or whatever. So I don't – We they can make all of these changes permanent in the minor leagues forever, and it doesn't matter because the players' union still has to go for them in the majors, and the players' union's not going to give anything away for any reason, and I wouldn't either if baseball owners were on the other side. Mm-hmm. 
Um, all right, Stu, next rule change. Alrighty. Automatic umpires. The balls and strikes will be called by robots in the Florida State League. I mean the Southeast League. Yes, a thousand times yes. Oh, I wanted that one. You like robot umps? Yes. I mean. Brandon, uh, wait, Brandon, you like robot umps too? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. John, but, I hate but umpires. But there's no one to yell at. I know, but who are you going to yell at when you get squeezed? Hey, when there's a will, there's a way. I'll figure out somebody to yell at. (laughs) The best part, so this was something they did in the Atlantic League a couple years ago, and the best part of that was seeing clips of right when they introduced it, somebody would get a strike called on him, and the batter would turn around and look at the ump, and the ump would just shrug at him like, (laughs) what do you want? I didn't call it. Right. (laughs) No, I I think most sports are coming to a – ahead with a lot of this sort of stuff it feels like it's really progressed with you know some sports have gotten like replay for example right and robots uh like especially tennis baseball is just it's so close it's almost there so um this would be a great great place to start and maybe that's all you'd ever do for robot umps is just the balls and strikes right i would think you couldn't do anything else so hmm I, I, I'm not sure what else would be called by umpires. I think a lot of things could be reviewable, but a instant replay is stupid and garbage. So, mm-hmm. Stu, you're also in favor of robot umps. Yes, and if people are worried about you know losing the human element, you can like the jobs for these umpires still exist outside of baseball. They can do what they were meant to do, which is join ISIS or <laughs> or become Ohio congressman. I mean, those are the basically plenty of career paths still exist for umpires. They will find jobs. So get they them They can get still them. Can continue burning down orphanages. Yes, they they've done. They don't they don't need to be in baseball anymore. Yes, I am 100% right. in favor of if tennis can do it, baseball can do it. It's fine. The technology exists, go for it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, I love that. All right. So we we like robot ops. Absolutely. We hate all other rule changes. That's exactly right. I, I guess I'm fine with that. You seem a little taken aback that we were so obviously pro robot ump what's your take well i we i i think i'm fine with robot umps i think it's got to be better than the current system i just had spent the last 25 minutes 
suggesting other rule changes and having you guys get angry about it that I I was stealing myself for an argument here and now I got nothing. (laughs) Well, I've got nothing to disagree. We all agree on this. We were upset about the other ones because they were not going to move the needle. Robot ump that moves the needle. That does move the needle. Oh yeah. Yep. That's a good one, John. All right. All right, well, it's settled then. Robot umps and no other changes. Robot umps for everyone. All right. Um, speaking of umps not having a job and other people who aren't going to have a job, let's talk about Richard Pitino. Good um, segue. Yes, very good. Is Fuck his that. office already cleaned out? Did he clean it out before they went to the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, it's over. It's over for him. It's, yeah, he still has a job. I checked the internet before we started recording. He is still employed, but I don't expect well, that situation to be long-lasting. Dude, you can't fire a guy on 311 day. It's just not <laughs> cool. No. You know, you got to let him celebrate that as he as he does, and then March 12th, then you do it, right? Especially, of all things, a man in his late 30s should not get fired on 311 Day. He is the exact prime age for knowing who 311 is yeah. and celebrating that day like nobody else. It would... Just let that man get out his disc man and just sit <laughs> and back. And have some good iry before he gets fired tomorrow. Whoa. So good. I don't... I, I'm Obviously, it's... Uh, end of an era i it still feels to me like richard patino has been at the university of minnesota for a year maybe two mm-hmm. and he's the longest tenured university employee at this point so it's it's a little surprising it's a little surprising to look back on such a long career with such such a small number of accomplishments john do you think this is because so many of these seasons turned well this i think this one was uniquely disastrous but do you think so many of other seasons were so similar to the prior that they all blended in or is it just that you weren't paying attention to begin with or both well he had he had that one good season 2016 i want to say he won like 25 games one year and every other year was disappointing the that was the best thing you could say about it if it wasn't a disaster it was at least a disappointment and I, it it always seemed intensely crazy to me that after another season in which he had a losing Big Ten record, the entire off season talk would be, well, I I heard that this program wants to interview Richard Pitino. Should the Gopher, What are the Gophers going to do? How are they going to find a another coach? Richard Pitino is obviously the best coach they could possibly have. What if some other team? cruelly stole him away from the University of Minnesota. Yeah. And this would continue from the end of the season right up until the other, the start of the next season. And about, after about eight minutes into the first quarter, they, everyone would say, ah, all right, okay, I remember now. Mm-hmm. And then the season would end and we'd do the whole thing over again. So it's, it, it's such an unmemorable eight years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, eight years, that just, there's no way it was eight years, John. You're exaggerating, but I get it. We're on the radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's three or four years. Right. It's got to be something. Yeah. Uh, so what do you want them to do next? I mean, he's got to be gone. We're joking, but he's gone. Hi, right? I, uh, I mean, there's just, it, 
it's not an inaffordable buyout. I assume they can get rid of him. It's not. Well, even he is saying it. Every one of his quotes is like, yeah, three more men's track programs and they'll be able to afford it. Right. Yeah, I think he knows it's over. So whose kid are they going to hire? The Dutcher's kid or Musselman's kid? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing how familial these hirings could be. Who should we hire? I don't know. Who has kids? How much do you think they get? Do you think they get turned down a lot by like the up and coming guy who this would be a big step up for him, salary wise, and just like playing in the Big Ten? Do you think a lot of those guys are like, "Mm, let me wait another year to see what opens up, or do you think those guys jump at it? I don't. Behind the scenes, it's hard to know if they just pick up the Richard Pitino because. He was was he their first call? Was he their seventeenth call? It's hard to know. But do you have any sense of why we <laughs> can't get the up and coming, or maybe we have before and it just hasn't worked out? That was Dan Munson, right? Yeah, I think that was a little yeah. bit Dan. Mun- I I think they probably use these search firms now, mm-hmm. and I got to imagine most of these coaches get this call from a search firm. Uh, oh, we're looking for a guy. Oh, is this about the Minnesota job? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I might not. The the line's going dead. I'm. I got a meeting. I got a thing. Yeah. And they're not. They're not using like the the what's the big national one? It's a corn ferry, right? That's corn the, ferry. Yeah, yep. they're probably using yeah, like a, some Minnesota, like you know, soybean tugboat or something. You know, just some foreign carry knockoff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just hoping you don't notice. Glenn Taylor. <laughs> Glenn Taylor dying, dialing people from a rotary phone. Now, John, it seems to me as a huge Minnesota homer that there actually is decent talent in state, which is different than 20 years ago. Right. Is that right? <laughs> well, I, I'm i laughing because one of the key narratives that's going on with Richard Pitino is everyone saying, well, there's been a lot of guys coming out and he hasn't been able to recruit any of these guys and... He's got to have better relationships with the AAU coaches and better relationships with the high school coaches, and he's got to have better relationships with these people. And maybe all of that is true, but the best way for Minnesota to recruit in-state talent would be having a good basketball team more than once every 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. They, <laughs> you, We all remember the Gophers going to the Final Four <sighs> in the mid-'90s. Oh, but boy. Yep. No, it that's thirty years ago. That happened thirty years ago, and you have to be our age or older to actually remember the last time they were good at basketball. So, and before that, it was like Flip Saunders in the nineteen seventies, like when Kevin McHale was on campus, they were good. Oh man! And then for one year in the nineteen nineties, they were good, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's it for the last half century. So. I can't imagine that having better relationships with AAU coaches and high school coaches was going to get Jalen Suggs or whoever to stay in state and go to play for the Gophers. Am I crazy about that? Am I being stupid about this? No, I I think that's right. It's just so, you know, the contrast when you see Jalen Suggs on the number one team in the country. And I think people even blame Patino for Paige Becker's going to Connecticut. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just it's, it's so obvious that there's in-state talent that isn't coming here. And if you're the head right. coach of the program and the program is really struggling, 
I mean, shit runs downhill. And, I mean, that's you're going to get the blame, whether it's entirely your fault or circumstance but, or whatever. So if you wanted to but, make the case, though, if you were uh, the Dinky Town ghost and said, you know what we need is the number one thing we're going to have this coach do is focus on in-state talent. That's going to drive ticket sales and yada, yada, yada. It makes a ton of sense, right? Who's that person? Is there a person with local ties that would immediately, like the, this is a terrible example, but Juwan Howard of Michigan, the guy that just comes in and immediately is like, oh my God, the, you know, the savior is here. Now yeah. I'm, I'm using that example, which probably isn't totally no, fair because good, he no, has been amazing. Here, here, this is the name I was thinking but of. But Lindsey right Whalen. Col- does Khalid El Amin coach? <laughs> oh yeah. That's who we want. Seriously, you would want, like, you would want someone like that, a legend Someone like here. that. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be the type of guy if that guy was interested in coaching and actually wanted to do it. That's you know, that type of guy. Willie Burton, where's Willie Burton at? Where is Willie? Where Burton? is? <laughs> if only we had a way I, to. I'm going to have to research something like that. I I, I don't know. I'll have to go. I'm going to the gonna have to ask my ask my finding random Minnesota athletes correspondent about that. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that's I don't me, know who that's that me, is. me, by the way. That really that is, is you. me. I'll get back to you. You are. That, that is you. All right. So Stu is going to leave and go research where Willie Burton is. So we'll see him at the end of the podcast tonight <laughs> to talk about Willie Burton's whereabouts. But. but somebody like that, I think that would be such an interesting play. I, again, I don't think that that person exists, but and I don't even know if that's actually the right way to go about it. Um because maybe this in-state talent is is um, not a sustainable thing, and it's really just a flash in the pan. But it does feel like it's been a number of years now where there's been a couple really solid um, players coming out every single year. So I would just love if they were able to take a run at that, because whether he tried or didn't try, I have no idea. But um, just a couple local kids, um, like real difference makers, would be would be a real... Would actually make him relevant again. I mean, we joke about that that was eight years and, and maybe weren't, weren't paying attention for a bunch of reasons. But I honestly, it just it's been so long since there's been appointment viewing with the Gophers outside of a couple games here or there. You know, it seems like every season or every other season, there's a moment where you're like, ooh, they might be good. I feel like they're ranked 16th for one week every single season. Right. And so we watch that game. And then they lose, and then we never think about them again. That's like I think the ma- the majority of basketball fans, kind of casual fans, experience. And it would just, I just, you know, we've talked about this so much with with the Wolves and with Gophers football, and we don't ask for anything beyond just annual relevance. And so right. I just would love to know the guy that's going to make them relevant from like a local sort of feel. And I I just don't know if that person exists. So maybe it's like get the best you know, mid-major guy who'll say yes to us and, and off we go. But that was Dan Munson. That I do, kind of was Rick, Richard Pitino. So I don't know. I do. I, I thought it was a little bit unfair. I saw a number of people talking about this kid from Stewartville whose name I've forgotten, I'm afraid. Will but Cheddar. There's, yeah, big recruit going to Michigan. And there were a lot of people saying, well, I can't believe a farm kid is going out of state. Those kids love the Gophers. They do have the internet in Stewartville. It's like ten <laughs> miles from Rochester. Yeah, yeah. He's not. It's his only contact with the outside world is not WCCO radio and Ray <laughs> Christensen calling yeah. Gopher basketball games. Yeah, he 
can find out pretty easily that the Gophers are struggling and Michigan's good at basketball. I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to. I I can't stress enough that Stewartville is not an outpost on the no, moon. No, it is. It is. It is. It is, it is not Danvers. It, yeah. it is a fairly, you know, it's a, close to a regional hub. It's in the Driftless area. Dave, I mean, he's I, not going to be able to get a good reference from Dave Mona. That's the downside of his choice. That That is the downside. Yeah. So, anyway, um, that's that's more than we've talked about Gopher basketball all season and probably over the last seven years because – it's been Richard Bettino, and that's just the way these things. And unlike the rest yeah, of our content, like, uh, that is a justified choice. Yeah, feels like his ceiling is was was settled a few years ago, and so right, right now is the probably the most fun time to be a Gopher fan because we can start hoping for somebody who has a who has a higher ceiling, which it won't happen. Um, I yeah, I can't think of a single soul who is going to make this this uh, team relevant. Ryan Saunders will probably take it over, right? I mean, he's in town, easy enough to move over. <laughs> he's got the good suits. It would be nice if Ryan Saunders took over and the Timberwolves and the Govers just traded coaches back and forth for a while. <laughs> like after the after Chris Finch, they're finally done with him. He just becomes the Govers coach, and Ryan Saunders comes back and coaches the Timberwolves. Why even bother? Lindsey Whalen gets a rotation in there. Cheryl Reeve gets a few turns. Mm-hmm. Just. Rotate them all around. Fred Hoiberg. It's fine. We've got of course. We've got the coaches we want in town. We're just going to trade them off. Yeah, we don't pay for temporary housing. We don't do relocation. If That's they're right. here. Nobody's got to move. No. Right. Nobody's, you can just keep your offices. Let's put all the teams in one <laughs> building and just switch. Your, who's the coach today? Oh, it's Lindsey Whaley today. That'll be fun. That'll be good. Yep. We'll make this work. Ugh, um, damn it. I say that about Chris Finch, but... The Timberwolves are leading by thirty going into the fourth quarter tonight. So, mm-hmm. oh, I don't is, think that I don't think sting. those numbers are close. But Broxy's this guy, one's going to sting. Broxy's guy, Jaden McDaniel, my favorite, my favorite. Yep. Oh, the, sorry, I'm just I'm seeing some numbers on coming across the ticker. By which I mean on the game, the the Wolves were down twenty four to eight, and they're leading by forty since that point. Mm-hmm. They're up by twenty three points in the fourth quarter. This is. Apparently, Chris Finch taught them how to make three-pointers, mm. I guess, is what I'm saying. I watched um, until they were down to 24-8, to eight, and then I turned it off. This is such a fun <laughs> well, game to watch, and I watched the absolute worst part of it. And <laughs> just was like, that's it. Forget it. Not worth my time. I'm going to uh, stare at Twitter or I don't something know. stupider. I don't know how long this fourth quarter is going to go, but we have to extend the podcast just as I... I keep track of them horrifyingly blowing this game. Oh, they're going to the lose. Set. They were up by 23 yeah. to start the fourth. So I'm already trying to do the math. What's going to be like a, a 46 to 19? Is that? So I always start doing the math in my head of like how they're going to actually lose it. So yeah. I can't wait to see. I'm so I'm fascinated. How, how New Orleans is going to get to 150 points in this game is utterly <laughs> beyond me. But when there's a will, John. Here they come. Yep. Here they come. Speaking of here they come, you're Minnesota Wild guys. Took us 45 minutes to get into the only good team in town. Another wow. incredible segue, John. Speaking of here they the come. Last, Jeez. Over the last three weeks, I've recorded 14 Minnesota Wild podcasts. So right. I figured 
we give somebody who doesn't want to hear about hockey a chance to actually listen to the podcast for a while before they have to turn it off. Um, have you been watching? Have either of you guys been watching? Of course not. I don't have cable. No, it's not oh, possible, right. John. It's impossible. <laughs> that I keep forgetting as the as the youngest person left in America who still has cable television. I'm the only person that can actually watch the the Timberwolves and the Wild and I guess the Loons this summer. Oh man, Loons viewership is going to go from nothing to less than nothing. I I might be the only person left watching the Loons this summer. That's going to be depressing. Um well, if you haven't been watching, this segment is going to be pretty short. I got to I got to say, but they they beat Vegas twice. That was a surprise because what was supposed to happen this season is that Vegas would kill them in every game and they'd beat the California teams in Arizona just enough to sneak into the playoffs, but now they seem like they're going to make some noise. It's like it's like this was this was the week. They beat Vegas twice in a row this week, and this was the week where I think a lot of people are finally starting to believe a little well, bit. Well, I mean, you have me included. You have Cato Kalen in goal. He mm-hmm. he won the first game against Vegas. And then um the the Soviet sniper himself, Kirill Kaprizov, whose name Karen I got Carpenter. right just now. Um Jesus. Uh, keyed a uh, little mini fire wagon last night. They won the game, um won the match four to three. So um Kaprizov is so good we've we on the sportive have chosen to learn to pronounce his name rather than giving him a dumb nickname. Is it fair That's... to say he's the first person we've ever done that for in ten years? Yes, I can't remember Absolutely. another guy who had a kind of fancy name that we actually stuck to. I can remember a lot of people who had non-fancy names whose names I've mispronounced over the years. Oh but yeah, Kaprizov is one of the few guys whose names I practiced until I got it right, and that includes. Very easy to pronounce names like my guy Steve Curry, who plays for the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. So they are um, Capri- um, in the rankings, Jonathan. They are what? Uh, third place? Fourth place? It, what, which rankings are we talking about? John, I don't know. You know, oh, the in, in the league. In the, the league in the poll. The league in the poll. In the paralyzed, John. Are we, talking about the, are we talking about the coaches' poll or the writers' the, poll? The UPI. The one that Al McGuire still votes in, even though he's been long dead. <laughs> Al McGuire is the the only person ca- casting votes in this. Um, all right, I looked up a ranking. Stu, they this are is... like the if you look at point percentage of like mm-hmm. games played to how many points they have, they're like the ninth best team in the league in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But if you look up SRS, which is a Rate ranking. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna belabor the point because I actually don't even know what it means. But uh, they're sixth. They're the sixth best team in one of these fancy stats. Okay, um, in the entire NHL. Me, There's like I, I 30 went, teams in the NHL, Stu. So Doctor Puck, to, Mr. I went Grease. to money moneypuck.com. It has a power ranking, and their power score. Mm-hmm. Is the fourth best in the league? Hell yeah! Now I couldn't tell you a single thing about how the power score is calculated. Well, but. I could. I I just don't know if we have the time right now. Um, I was actually one <laughs> of the people who invented it. The power score is their, their power, power score, score is fifty nine point six one five percent. Let me let me rephrase this then, John. If the playoffs were to start today, would they be in the mm-hmm. playoffs? 
Yes, they would be. Would in the they have a home playoff league. series? I got to look that up. We got to look by points percentage because the, yeah. the chances of the chances of every NHL team getting to the end of the season and actually playing fifty six games are virtually zero. They're third so, in their even, league, and they are they would be the five seed. Okay, Brandon, you you need to understand some things here. God damn it! Sure why am I talking? Attention. I have no idea why. Why is my mic on right now? <laughs> All right, so they are by points percentage. They are second in the West. They won't be the five seed in anything because the playoffs will be inter- interdivisional until the conference finals. We got to so figure right out how now, to edit stuff out in post. Starting tonight, I have right to edit all this the, out in post. Speaking of which, just I, as an aside, I want to. This is the errata section of the of the sport of podcast. I on a previous podcast, I talked about how funny it would be about cap recapture, cap recapture penalties for Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter if they retire early. Uh, they would cost the Wild $40 million of their salary cap space, which would be about half of the salary cap. I just learned today that the rule has been changed slightly so that it might cost them that much money, but they would be able to spread that over like four years. The 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 penalty would – effectively, it would be like they accidentally signed him uh, to another four years of contract, <laughs> but – <laughs> Which is amazing. Is funny in its own right, but it's not as franchise destroying as the other Capra capture penalty. So uh we have the sport of regret the error, I guess is what I'm saying. But um so if if the playoffs started today, they would have a home playoff series and they would be playing Colorado. Which is they always play Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. Even I do and that. As a matter of fact, the sounds familiar. The only time, the only time anything good happens in the playoffs is when they beat Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. Mm. That's <laughs> two of the two of the best three moments in Wild history have been against Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. So there you go. Um, do they have some ice hockey games this coming weekend, John? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Why? Oh, probably. Why are we going? <laughs> I feel like we're just going through the official NHL website and clicking on stuff at this point. What is their schedule? Like? How much do tickets cost? Oh, wait. You can't get you tickets. You can't get tickets, John. Come on. What do tickets uh, cost? <laughs> oh, God. That's very good. Oh, John, uh, do you want to do my favorite uh, hockey thing where I ask you yes. to predict their percentage of them making the playoffs? <laughs> Yeah, I do love this hockey thing. Right. As long as I don't have to pretend to be Bill Guerin's mom, I'm in. <laughs> Shoot. Furiously crosses off next section. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird one. All right. It's surprising to me. The percent, Their percent chance of making the playoffs mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just making the playoffs now in any spot, right? Yes. Their chance of making the playoffs right now is 81%. It's 62%. Awesome, 62%? 62%? 62%. That's bullshit. There's no way it's 62%. They're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, come on. Who's SRS. Who's 62%. Hockey reference. Well, Hans. Hans, See, di- Hans, Hans did it. Hans is no longer. That site has gone to the dog since Hans left. I With Hans there, I It might be Hans's fault. I don't. I have no one else to blame. I want to see. That's stupid. It's got to be something. They've got the St. Louis Blues at 31, Arizona at 28. It must just be because it's early enough in the season. 
So. Wait, the Blues, they have the Blues at 31% to make the playoffs? Yep. And the Coyotes at 28%. The Coyotes, Yotes. if you will. The Yotes. Yeah, this none of this sounds right. No, nah, this is stupid. It's stupid and bad. It's probably based on last year or something. I think so. he's reading the internet wrong. I think they have a real Strike it. possibility. Oh, I've got my monitor upside down. <laughs> Classic me. <laughs> Classic Brandon. All right. Hold on. I found another one. This is The Athletic. There we go. Their NHL playoff predictions. Uh, hold on. Okay. Yep. We'll this be here. Is, this, is good ra- this is good radio right here. <laughs> this is so good. People people really enjoy this. Hold on. Um, Use code you didn't okay. pay for hold this on. to get 25% off hold an on. athletic subscription. <laughs> Type in Aaron Gleeman's promo code. <laughs> Trial. I have to do math in my head. That's the problem here. Oh, God. All right. Yes. According to The Athletic, what do you think their playoff probability is? 78. Yep, that's where I'm. 92%. Oh. 92% Hell in The yeah. Athletic. I Let's never play. doubted the Wild. Let's Never play. doubted them. Let's play. Let's do it. I always believe. Here. Mm-hmm. And their chances, according to The Athletic, their chances of winning the Stanley Cup Four percent. Four percent. Not according to Mr. Puck and Dr. Kreese. We got Actually, that at, a, at yeah. even hundred. Even without having cable, <laughs> I know how shitty their power play is. So I, I, I get the four percent. The four percent seems right. I'm sure. I'm sure this number is actually still true. But I did look it up, and as of last weekend, and like I say, I'm sure this is still true because they scored once on the power play in their last 25 chances. They were actually scoring more five on five than they were five on four. Like if you the number of goals per minute or whatever, however you want to look at that, they were better five on five than five on four. Incredible! It's impossible. It's, it's impossible. It's not, that's not possible. <laughs> it's that not can't happen. <laughs> that's just it's it's not something that has or will happen. It, it's just it's impossible that they have both. By far the worst power play in the league. And also they're the best five-on-five team. That makes no sense whatsoever. None of that can be true. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm saying is the internet is lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I follow I that. agree with that. That tracks. Um, yeah, so let's click on some more tabs on NHL.com oh. until Stu has had enough. Please do. This is great. Let's do it. Uh, roster. We're going to go down the, the roster, roster and see which hand everybody shoots with. Oh, Marcus wait. Johansson, left, left shot. What you about Zooks? What about Zooks? Go uh, to the end. He starts with the Z, so he's at the end. Matt Zuccarello, yeah. left shot. Yes. Lefty. Left shot. my guy. Yep. Oh, that's right. Here, here's an interesting one. Gary Mayhew, right shot. Is oh, he righty? right? Shot. Oh, man. That's yep. amazing. Holy shit. That's Let's crazy, Joe. There's only two defensemen that are right-handed shots. Mm-hmm. Matt Dumba, Jared Spurgeon. Just file that away. That's important. Wow. When a Spurgeon dump. Okay. Uh, that's, that has down. been our NHL.com report. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let's go back to our famous live updates. The Timberwolves are now up by 30. My that's God. an even 30, John. That's a happy 311 day to everybody. What an incredible. Yep. And that's all I got. That's all I got for live updates. Yep. Yep. Um. There was one other thing I wanted to complain about. Uh, I gotta try soccer? to. Soccer. I gotta soccer, look at right? my notes. 
Well, I could complain about soccer. The soccer season will start in the middle of April for Minnesota. Their season opener is against Seattle, which is just cruel, wow. utterly cruel. I and I'd like to invite everybody at the MLS head office to go to hell. Uh, go to hell. Go to the bathroom and stick their heads in the toilet. Oh, because okay. I thought you were going to stop. I thought enough. you were going to end yours with go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Yeah. You go don't want an impacted bowel that'll cause you to go no, to the hospital. No, it's important. You need to go to the bathroom regularly. Use this Use this one weird trick to empty your bowels in the morning. Is it pooping? NHL. <laughs> what, is, what is with the internet? Something is wrong on the what internet. Is, what is? It's such a weird place. Here's how to empty your bowels. I, I I just have one idea. I've known. I only have one idea. I'm not going to click. I've I, known since like I'd my first know, hour but... on Earth how to do that. Oh, I I, I have a um a thing. Um, did you either of you listen to the Access Vikings podcast from the Star Tribune newspaper? No, is that the one that Chicken Fingers uh, runs? No, I didn't. That's kind of the point is that he now has acolytes on that show writing in asking questions <laughs> of the other writers. <laughs> He That's has. So he has, There's a guy called McNugget who who writes in and asks when these fire Spielman and install Chicken Finger sixty nine as the GM, <laughs> what his first move should be. That was the, that mean, was ten minutes what, of their podcast was from one of his acolytes. What are the odds? That's also Chicken Fingers. I mean, it's probably fifty percent, right? No. Yo, no, this McNugget. That, he doesn't have time to do that. Right, it is a bridge too far. Uh, it's nice that Chicken has just moved into Ben Gessling's house. Basically, he just oh, he's already right living rent free in his head. That was yeah, you know, yeah. that was the first step. Might as well make just it official. Over everything, oh, it's just God, there's not so a single funny. beat writer in this town that doesn't have Chicken Fingers in the back of their head, just oh. giving them instructions. It's amazing, and they don't just like panic when they see an at reply coming from him. Of oh shit, I cannot believe what have I done now. Yeah. Same with well, all the rest I of us. Ignore him. <laughs> maybe you'll let this drop. Yeah. He's not going to let this drop. You'll let it go. <laughs> yep. Oh boy. Oh, that is tremendous. I'm glad the folks on Access Vikings know what's up. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Access Vikings, like listeners, we are there for you. That's been our, our life. For, he's your friend too for a million years. He's a friend to all of us. Yep. That's right. Um, Don't look him in the eye. I got. The only other thing I was going to say was there was another, there was a big talk today about Vancouver and Buffalo. This was also on The Athletic. So while Stu's reading NHL.com, I'm apparently just reading The Athletic. But Mm -hmm. there was a long and interesting article about who has a worse Vancouver or Buffalo, who've been in the league for 50 years and never won a title. And I just, I feel like Minnesota should throw their hat in the ring there because they've been in the league three years longer, but also they lost their team for no reason in the middle of that. And have never won anything besides. So I, I just feel like Minnesota's not getting its due as the terrible hellhole that nobody ever escapes from. So tortured fan so base, how would they have said that Minnesota was not part of it? Did they just ignore us per usual? Yeah, they just ignored the Coastal us. elites? They forgot about us. Yeah. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> Nothing like that. The Vancouver Buffalo media access. They're once again, forget mm-hmm. about flyover country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sick uh, of it. So that's my. I'm sick to death of it. That's the end of that complaint. Uh, Dad life, how you guys doing? Mm. Um, pretty, pretty good. Uh, Brandon, are your kids back in school? Yep. Yeah, they've been back in school that's for good. about a month now. Uh, maybe not quite a month, but uh, coming up on it. No outbreaks. Knock on my laminate desk. 
Um, you don't, you, so don't live in, uh, so you don't live in Carver County, so that that's good. Thank for you. God. Yeah, no kidding. That's been tough. Um, yeah, so far so good. And I know that a lot of teachers, of course, are getting vaccinated every single day. So, you know, still got to stay vigilant here for a little bit longer. But uh, the end is is very near. Life is so much yeah. easier when you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I am just so pumped for hot vac summer. Seriously, that's Ooh, the optim- it's the just, optimism is palpable. Actual yeah. breathing optimism. It's oh, God. just what I mean. One of the one of the things we talked about this whole pandemic is the need to the need to be optimistic without actually thinking about when things will end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but now that there's like actual dates on stuff, mm-hmm. like I know the date at which. My parents will have both gotten both of their shots and have been two weeks after that day, uh, March 30th. I know that I can go to my parents' house again. Yeah, completely. That's and 19 days from now. Zero guilt or nerves or anything. I honestly, right. I don't even know what that emotion feels like yet. You're going to have to experience mm-hmm. it to actually be there, but it's. Yeah. I get to drink oh, a shitty domestic beer in my dad's kitchen on like April 15th, April 20th. I just. I can't wait. Well, and you need to stay vigilant as well. But even, you know, almost immediately, you are becoming, you're a lot safer just by having that jab, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is which is great, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just to know that you can make some confident 4th of July plans and know it no, could be think, the exact I, I same Day thing. Is on, I think Memorial Day is, like, on the totally. radar. I yep, mean, it's, yep. It can just be whatever you would have normally done on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. It just dial up like probably 60% hornier. You just have sure, to know sure. everything this summer is going to be 60% hornier. I'm just going to bring a case of White Claws to Big Island and see what happens. That's Oh, that's man. Be, it's oh, so worth it to get all of those venereal diseases. Oh, just the herpes. Oh. Herpes everywhere. And who cares? <laughs> We're happy about it. I got herpes in summer of 21. I didn't even care. I love it. <laughs> I didn't even get it from having sex. It was just airborne and contagious. It was, it was just, just so around much of it. Just around us. <laughs> it was the air you breathe. It's a cheers See, uh, I mean, bro with a white claw. And I got herpes, and that's fine. <laughs> Listeners should understand that Stu spends all of every summer on the Apple River. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Memorial Day. Every single weekend. Memorial Day until Labor Day. Oh, God. So. A- the Apple River governor. Yeah, that's what I we did. call him. He's had, <laughs> he's had the neurovirus so often that. The science studies him. It's the only guy who's built up immunities. Yeah. Yes, I have. Doesn't even phase him anymore. Uh, God. Uh, yeah, ni- 1991, 92, and 93. I think I did it three summers in a row. Yeah, it's, oh, oh, man. And no, you're telling me. Yeah. Was, yeah. The, what, what I remember of it, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Just, yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't be legal. They should not allow people that age to drink. That's all there is Mm-mm. to it. Mm-hmm. Nope. nope. Uh, but John, all things considered, yeah, life is uh, is gonna get good soon, um, and so that's that's really carrying me. What about you? Well, I like I said, my I'm currently scheduled to get my vaccine sometime in 2023. So yeah, we'll see how that we'll see how that happens. But once that happens, I'll be real excited. So, question: Maybe this is for you, Stu, since you're the you're the farthest down this path, but once you hit your your second shot, your everything, 
Are you going to go to sporting events this summer? Absolutely. Or is it still absolutely no question? Um, okay, I mean, uh, um, out, outdoor ones, uh, Twins and Saints. Yes, right. I still want to see what the indoor recommendations are. I'm going to play that pretty. I mean, you would think those are big buildings; they're going to be ventilated. Um, right. Because I mean, and you may not know this, but the Minnesota Wild play like right down the street from me. So mm, I know, but I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. Although. Just to be just to be clear, I have called you up on the day of a game and offered you a free ticket before, and you won't go. So uh, things have changed Buck. in the things have changed a little bit in the interim there, John. <laughs> you, right. you may have noticed a lot has happened. Um, a lot has happened since. Then. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely on board. Going to walk over to the Saints, uh, taking the choo choo train to see the Twins. I'm I'm on board. I will go outdoors for just about anything. It, I mean, outdoors was outdoors is already pretty safe, and Mm -hmm. at least especially in warm weather months. So, I I, last summer there was hardly anything, and we were huge dumbasses last summer, and no one was vaccinated. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to slow down to nothing soon. Yeah, I've said this before, but nothing nothing offends my four year old more than when I have a soccer game or something on, and she sees no fans in the stands, and I she says, "How come nobody's watching them?" And I tell her, "Well." Nobody's allowed in because of COVID, and she just gets absolutely offended. But it's outside. <laughs> well, they can go outside because that seems to be the only thing she understands about this, that we let her go to the park, and sure. it's outside. It must mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so here's my follow-up question, then I'll drop this topic, I promise. Do you think you would have – it's a moot point, but do you think you would have gone to Saints games, Twins games, that sort of thing, without getting the vaccines too? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I mean, the out again. Outside was always the cheat code, but mm-hmm. my guess is those right. crowds would have been fairly significant, and I got skeeved out in the before, like the before times that aren't the before times that I used to talk about. The pandemic times, I did. I avoided crowds with a vengeance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, if I if we were like scouting patios last summer, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like more than like eight or ten people, and it's like, yeah, no, no chance. It's gonna be so yeah. weird to just be in a crowd and have to convince your brain exactly. to stop reacting. Your body's not gonna handle it well, at least no. at the beginning. At least my opinion. I don't know. Maybe some people are just gonna be like, nope. It actually, is... it, was, it was immediately the same as it was before. But I don't. Not for me. It's gonna take a long time, and it's gonna be like, well, you know what it's like. We're we're parents when you're doing like cry it out with your kid your body is fucking panicking your body your heart rate's at mm-hmm. 250 you're broken out in a flop sweat it's five in the morning and your brain is like no we're letting him or her cry it out this is okay they're fine they just want to be comforted it's going to be that same like whatever that term is dis cognitive dissonance or whatever the thing is where you're right. having an internal argument with yourself of like calm down calm down it's okay that's going to I think that's going to be the first part of all of this for all of us. For yeah. a lot of It'll us, be, it's going to be the inverse of remembering to bring your mask at the start of the pandemic. It's remembering mm-hmm. to have your mask right. on you at all times in the car, um, leaving the house. It's just you, that's it's going to be just a learned behavior. It's going to take you a while to get used to it. Yeah. Yep. And the people who have been not super careful or whatever you want to call it from the beginning are going to have a so much easier time adjusting. Oh yeah, than us, uh, than us weenies, for sure. 
that's oh, yeah. going to be crazy. It's, if, yeah, I mean, if you already have a MAGA hat, you're fine. You're, you're just, it's, oh yeah, you're good. You're totally good. But us, us cucks, it's going to take a while, yeah. Stu. The beta cucks have got some the, work to do, the, and we admit the beta that, cucks so. are going to have to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it'll be good. I can't wait, but um, yeah, it'll be an adjustment. John, you would you go to a game on vax? But right now, it's it's a hard question to even ask because. Even in this scenario with you not being vaccinated, a bunch of other people are vaccinated. It's funny because this I thought about this a lot more last summer when sports started up again. And if they were to let in fans, would you go? And I think it's very much the case that what I say I might do has very little relationship to what I actually would do, which would be, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm, going to stay away from that well the, i i could say well it's outside i'm sure it would be fine mm-hmm. they split people up but when it came time to actually get the ticket and take myself to the game i don't think i would do it well and it's the other thing too that um there was a couple times last summer i think twice danielle and i went and ate outside at a restaurant you know our kids were um with my parents or something and this was when cases were a little lower and it was outside and we're like okay cool let's and we were so excited. We haven't been out for six weeks. Let's see other human beings. This is going to be good. It's low risk, yada, yada, yada. We justified it, uh, right or wrong. And then we get to this restaurant, and people are spread out. There's no one within 15 feet of us. We have to wear our mask every time the server uh, comes near us. And the menu, you know, you can't... The menu is, like, taped and laminate to the table, and you have to text your order in. And you realize, like, this is not even... This is not the restaurant anymore. I don't know what this is, but yeah. it's not it. And I bet that would have been the this same is... thing if they would have opened up Twins games. of like, yeah, you can come. Uh, you have to bring your own water. Uh, you have to only have one person in the bathroom at one time. Uh, you know, and there's a million other restrictions after that. And then I think it, you're like, fucking, well, then forget it. I'm here for the for the scene. I'm not here to actually study the, the sport or whatever it is. So. Right. So that would have been, I think, I, shitty too. I will say... I, I definitely the longer I go with sporting events that don't have crowds, the more it really affects me. Mm-hmm. At the start, I really thought it was interesting and different and almost fun, but now it's becoming very clear to me that that was one of the really exciting things about watching sports on TV was seeing people in the stadium and being part of that whole, like you say, the whole scene. Yeah, and. Without it, there's certain sports that are different, like basketball and hockey maybe are a little bit less true of that. But certainly football and soccer are just absolutely – college football was the worst without fans. Soccer is terrible without fans. Yep, those are the ones. Um, It's just – more and more it's just making it almost unwatchable. So they can't come back soon enough. And I can't go back soon enough. I can't wait. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, true. Um, all right, we're into hour 14 in this podcast, so we better start wrapping it up. Okay, Anything I have uh, one final segment. I got a request from one of our dear listeners named Chicken Fingers 69 All right, um, right, right, right. So one of my favorite TV shows is called Happy Endings. Um, it was mm-hmm. a sitcom on ABC, I think, and it just never... It was one of those shows like... You know, Freaks and Geeks or a million other shows that are really, really good and didn't get much ratings and was canceled after three seasons. But it is unbelievably funny. It's been one of my favorites forever. 
I think Chicken Fingers obviously has now watched it himself. So um, I was talking online to our friend Dana Wessel. Congratulations, Dana. I just got a job at NFTX. Yay, good job, Dana. It's awesome. Out of way, uh, Dana. So happy for him. Um, anyway, Dana was looking for something to watch. I have been telling him for many years uh, through Twitter, through text, uh, other ways to watch Happy Endings. He finally did it and he loved it. So, um, so I was talking to him about it and Chicken jumped in and asked me to name... Uh, to choose characters for each one of us and who we are. It's a, it's a very hard thing to do, but I think I've done it. So everybody else can just sign off, and this is me talking specifically yeah. to Chicken Fingers. So Chicken Fingers, uh, I am going to uh, be Brad, um, corporate guy of the show, extremely fancy, tries to be a tough guy about 3% of the time. Otherwise, just an extremely fancy pants dude. That's me. So I'm Brad. Um, Wait, if there's somebody that has fancy pants, that's you, Brandon. That's right. You have fancier pants than anyone I know. Yes. Yep. Having We've proved this by pouring things on your pants. We did. We were at a bar they're one ex- time. They're extremely, they're extremely fancy pants. I was very proud of my new pants that didn't get wet, and I had you dump some of your beer on my pants. So that was a very fun time. <laughs> Uh, John, you're going to be a character named Dave. I know this means nothing to you, but uh, <laughs> Dave is a very funny character who mispronounces things all the time. John, yeah, you also yeah mispronounce things all the time. And Dave is the character who tries his hardest to be serious among morons who are not taking anything seriously. <laughs> and that is that is sometimes that is your John. Role. That really is that's, John. So that's you. <laughs> that is me talking soccer on the podcast. Exactly, Stu. Uh, once again. This is uh you you don't know or care uh but you're going to be a character named I've, Max. I've, I've uh, seen every episode twice, Brandon. Oh, that's right, and I've talked to your wife about this because she is yes, also yeah. a huge lover of Happy Endings. Yeah, Max you're, is kind of where I figured you were going to go with that. So that's, yeah, I'm, I'm you're okay. Max. Uh, I'm two reasons. More than okay with it. Uh, he's always a reliable laugh. He's the most reliably funny person on the show. Also, for most of one season, he grew his hair out really long. God, my hair is so dumb right now, guys. You have no yeah. idea. So you're totally a Max. Um, and Chicken Fingers 69 is Jane. Yes. Um, for the main reason that there, she is far and away the person most likely on that show to look into the camera and say, I have never been so angry. <laughs> the end. So there we go. Yeah, he's, Chicken he's Fingers. Totally Jane. Light up the comments. At me. Hit up my menchies. Let me know what I did wrong. But you are very much a Jane. So yeah. there we go. That was fun for me and him, maybe. And all of us. <laughs> and all of us. Next next time we do this, we're going to do this with Letterkenny character. <laughs> well, he's good. Wayne. Chicken is Wayne. I yeah. think we all know that yeah. already. So. All, and the rest of us are all squirrely yes. dead, probably. But we'll, we'll, give it a, we'll give it a thought. Also, I want to say, John, uh, we did not have a Rocks of Our Lives update this week, but we'll get back to that soon. <laughs> The rocks of our Just lives. Just because it's fun to say rocks of our lives. <laughs> yeah. This is very fun, Jim. All right. All right. We should probably. Good talk. Dog, my dog is about ready to give Mandy an aneurysm, so we should probably call her good here. So uh, thanks again for listening to the Sport of Cod. Pa- Ka- good Lord. I've had two beers. The Sport of the Cod. Sport of Cod Past. Uh, show title. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Please uh, rate, like, and subscribe on your podcast service of choice, and we'll talk to you somewhere down the line. Thanks for checking in. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.